This episode of Digging the Crates is sponsored by Cold Busted, an LA-based record label that curates the best in beats. Their catalogue features releases from producers including Dr. Dundiff, Pigeon Dust, Emma Pier, Blue and Green, SK and Genova 7. With an eclectic roster of instrumental hip-hop, it's well worth the digging. With hints of jazz, funk and trip-hop, be sure to check out coldbusted.org and coldbusted on socials. Dig in the crates. Dig in the crates. The crates, y'all. Come on, come on. Sometimes you gotta dig deep. Head back as fast from town to town. Dug deep in the crates where plates are found. Dig in the crates. Dig in the crates. This is Digging the Crates. I'm Vice Beats. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the podcast. The final episode of the season, brought to you by The Find. The podcast focuses on exploring the art, passion and culture of hip-hop. Going beyond the typical questioning and digging deeper into the passions, inspirations and experiences of those involved in the scene's rich culture. Featuring artwork from Sick Film, an intro music from Herma Puma and Jabba the Cut, and interview editing by Trey Taylor. This time, the graphics are an ode to Mad Lib's 2003 album, Shades of Blue, on Blue Note Records. This episode features a producer and MC who many producers cite as an inspiration, and lyricists cite as a dream collaborator. With a stellar list of collaborators including his long-term friends, Aloe Black and Blue. He cemented himself as a go-to for soulful, perfectly crafted and intricate music. For the final time this season, this is Digging the Crates with Exile. And now for our feature presentation. All right, here, here we go. Yo, what's up? This is Exile. Of the Dirty Science crew, Blue and Exile crew, Choosy and Exile crew, you know what I'm saying? Chilling with my man Vice Beats on Digging the Crates. Check it out. Exile, welcome to Digging the Crates. How you doing, man? Good, good. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, man. We finally got you here. We made it. We made it. <laughs> we here. So I just wanted to check in with you first off and find out what came first. What came first was probably beatboxing. Well, even before that, it was the accordion. But if we're talking about hip hop, <laughs> nice. it was beatboxing um, and like finger drumming. Okay. I did a lot of finger drumming, like with my head on the desk at school while math was going on. I put my head on the desk and and I would I kind of like, well, at least in my head, I mastered finger drumming because like if your ear is like suction cupped up against like a flat surface yeah you can you can have all kinds of crazy 808s you know de- depending on the the depth of the desk and then uh later on there was a spot where we would hang out when we we're kids and there was like this big this very uh <laughs> pause or whatever but this very wide pole or whatever and i could bang on that and it would create 808 type sounds too and um <laughs> That was kind of first. And then from there, when I've got a home stereo system, I figured out how to uh, hold in the, uh, you know, like a home stereo system. It says like tape, phono, radio. I would hold in the tape part of the button and click on the phono, the turntable. So, you know, if it was like it was Darth Vader going, (laughs) it could be like, (laughs) you know and then uh that's how i learned how to scratch and then from there i got a nicer turntable still didn't have a dj mixer but i learned how to do the exact same thing with the speaker button that turned the speaker on and off okay till i finally got a dj mixer and made it happen so nice that's awesome that's a great ruin Crates with Vice Beats. Maybe one day he will reign supreme and become a king. And one day maybe she will rise again and become a queen. On that new height, talking like I grew like seven inches. 
Yeah, great vision. I make predictions on the state of spitting. Whack rappers will remain getting a gang of riches and lame bitches. I'm in the game lane switching. Already late, bruh. Got no time to hit the brakes or the switches. Blaze off J's and the swishes. Tobacco's for whack, but yo, my black hope used to whisper. Shit, time was all up in my face. God, listen. John bitching. My mom wishing. I stick with all the Christians. Sometimes I go to church and toss my sins up at the altar. We all fall victim to systems. Minding this business. Figures and interviews. No time for interludes. Screwed up. Can't even use a buck without feeling like a jerk. For what it's worth, I almost blew up. But I heard y'all had to kick back, wipe my shirt off. Was on my so tough, I could have jerked off. The old head said, watch the cursing. Losing work, cause I'm thinking about my first job serving. God every morning. Morning over urns with a burnt feeling. Thinking about my friends as the earth spins. As we worship warships on the spiritual war tip. Y'all listen, we all up in this. Forfeited join with the forces. Don't forget, y'all admission ticket. To get up in this, you gotta break through the laws of physics. Simple as arithmetic. Twist wisdom and get lifted. How did how did the accordion tie in? Was that just at school, or like what was the what was the link there? Uh well, my grandfather, um, when he moved to uh, L.A. from New York, opened up uh, an accordion school, and he also just played accordion with different bands, and he would play anything accordion from polka music to mariachi, and he would like play at Mexican restaurants, and he had a, a an accordion school, and then that turned into. A music shop that gave uh, lessons in drums, guitar, accordion, and piano. It was called Al Manfredi Guitar and Drum Studio. And during uh, a, a period where my parents weren't getting along, I remember, you know, I was living at my parents, but uh, my dad was trying to get custody of us. Okay. But it wasn't even really him trying to get custody, it was more his grandparents or his parents. And anyway, to make a long story short, I was living in my, they they fixed up their garage, my grandparents, and I was living in there with my sister. And uh, every morning he would give me accordion lessons. This is quite, quite an upside to all of it. Yeah, I guess it's more just like a, a family, uh, or the family instrument. Nice. So how did you go from the, the initial side of DJing and sampling and got a great in your own sounds with with table drumming and what that side in to get into production like what was the move on from there so from there you know i needed to figure out how to record the scratching because i couldn't do it by turning the speakers on and off you know yeah but i actually got to scratch like i mean pretty good like for a teenager like you know i could go just by turning the speaker on and off nice so I knew I couldn't do that forever, so I eventually got a, a realistic DJ mixer from Radio Shack. And I had one turntable and uh, I had a tape deck. So now I could record scratching, but it was just one turntable. I was like, well, how can I actually scratch onto a beat? Because I didn't have two turntables. So I had another tape deck so I could play music on it. And so I figured out that if I played a beat on a tape, and recorded on the other tape, I could record myself scratching. And then I, from there, I was like, well, if I can do that, then um, I can I can play just like two bars of, of a record, pull it back, play another two bars, pull it back, play another two bars, record that on a tape, you know, but there'll be blank spaces with no music every other two bars, but I would play it on the other tape deck and then fill in those gaps to create a full loop and then take that tape and put it back again in the other tape or uh, tape deck press play and record again and I could uh, add another layer and I could basically I basically had like a infinite track studio but um, <laughs> of course it would be lower and lower quality each time but uh, at 15, I was able to pretty much create my first, like, my first beat. That's awesome. It's crazy, like, the level of dedication when you're first starting out, and like, the, the mad setups that you can create to get to that point of just creating your first yeah. beats. I, I, it was weird, because I would have, like, these fantasies in my head, because it's like, this is, like, uh, before the internet, so I had no idea how, this was, how people made music, and I'd be listening to hip-hop, I'd be such a fan, I'd be like... 
how do they do this? I, I was like, you know, it's a, uh, what would I do? <laughs> I would say if I, if I got signed to create a whole album, just beatboxing, I would do it. Or I don't know. It was a weird fantasy in my head. It's not coming out right telling you, but um, what have I <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that I would just figure it out. I don't know. I would just do whatever it took. I was just trying to, how did they do it? I had no idea. Yeah, so figuring out how to do it with home stereo equipment, I eventually got a four track and then um, and a mixer that had a one push button sampler. The Scratch Master Gemini just had this one button that you could sample. So then now I could lay a drum track down on track one, then on track two, lay a sample over it. Then on track three, I can add scratches and whoa, track four, I could lay vocals down or just or add another sample. And uh, that's when everything really started to change because uh, I I made mixtapes and I could make beats and um, I would freestyle in the car with a friend of mine, you know, be smoking weed or whatever. And I'm like. Why don't we? Why don't you start rapping and rap over these beats? And he's like, Nah, nah, you got to hear this other kid, kid named Aloe, and it was Aloe Black, who's now a, a famous uh, soul singer. Yeah. And uh, he was 16 at the time, and I met up with him, and uh, I kicked a beatbox, you know, when I met him, and he kicked a rap, and it was amazing, and I whipped up a beat for him, you know, uh, the next day, and he recorded to it, and uh, we ended up selling our tapes like outside of like hip-hop clubs or the b-boy summit or trading tapes with people from project bloat and people started hearing about us and until um eventually a fan of the tapes paid to have uh some of our music uh pressed on the vinyl and then it got play on friday night flavors and j-rock from the beat junkies and uh, C minus ended up playing our stuff on the radio, which was Power 106 is major. It's major airwaves, but on Friday nights it would be the underground hip hop show, and that was, you know, dream number two. Like <laughs> met, you know. That's amazing. Yes. yes. Uh. Uh. Black. I was born educated, I escalated to a style that's elevated, above the average suckers who never made it, still trying to show out, but I never paraded, it's kind of faded the way they stay jaded, from really knowing what's going on, it's like they stuck upon the same song, I ain't strong above my goals, because I know the gravity is pulling me back down to the flow, so I prepare my presentation just before I deliver, pull another verbal arrow up out of my quiver, yo, I'm a precious piece of history. People are still trying to figure out the mystery Ancient like the streets of Sicily I got the itch to be a high speed pitch Fastball swinging the mist Blacker than the abyss And good for you like a fat bowl of grits I commandeer the mic and I spit Shooting verbal knowledge at little kids I use my voice box instead of boxing with fists So square up on a square when I'm pissed So where's the list? The class is accessible Weakness is dismissed They need to go on back to the lab and practice so were you guys starting out as Eminon, or did you move into that as a as a collaboration over time? Just the feedback we would get from the tapes. I, w- I made these mixtapes. One side would be just me doing turntablism and playing music of some of my favorite uh, artists. And then on the other side, it would be uh, our music that we made. Yeah. And so I'd be like, hey, buy this tape. It has, I don't know, King T on it. and. Portishead, I like Portishead. I, I introduced a lot of hip hop heads to Portishead back in the day. Anyway, yes. I, it has Abstract Root on it. Like I put, you know, it was, a, it was a bunch of other people's music, and they're like, okay, fine, I'll check it out. But then they discovered our music, and that was like our whole way of getting people to hear our music. And uh, eventually, you know, I didn't have to make the mixtapes; I could just put out our own music. <laughs> oh, amazing. So how how did you initially get into hip hop in the first place then? Um, a lot of let's see, uh, it had to do with a mixture of just like seeing it happening, you know, like uh, well, like uh, going to roller skating rinks and seeing people break dancing and hearing like electro, and then 
the movie Breaking came out with Shabadoo, and my aunt took me to uh, to watch to go meet him and see uh, you know at a and see a bunch of people break dancing and seeing Ice T in the movie, and then let's see, and then I was like, I was in the the middle of you know I was still liked like the Pesh Mode though or like stuff like that. Or, uh, I was kind of into punk. It was like I was in this crossroads of what, where was I going to go with this? And um, there was a Christmas, and my cousin bought me two tapes. He bought me the Sex Pistols, uh, Never Mind the Bullocks, and LL Cool J Radio. And uh, I just, you know, I ended up liking uh, LL Cool J more than the Sex Pistols. So. <laughs> but I, you know, I still like the Sex Pistols. But you know, and then from there, it just turned into me discovering more and more hip hop, and just getting really into it, and just, and then learning how to do it. And I would always fantasize about making it. Like for instance, I'd be in my room. I learned how to scratch by turning the, the uh, speakers on and off, right? Yeah. And uh, I would ha- I would do this thing where I would be in the con- at a concert seeing a, a, a boogie down production show, and Karis wanted to be like, "Hey, uh, Kenny Parker's sick, you know? Uh, I don't have a DJ. Is there anybody out there who can DJ?" And I'd be in my in, in my in my room as a 15 year old, like in my head, like, "Yes, Karis one, I can <laughs> DJ. I'll I'll do that for you." So then I. I get on stage in my mind and I start scratching, but it's just me scratching in my room. But I feel like I'm scratching for Karis One on stage. <laughs> oh, amazing. And so years later, I meet Karis One and I make a song with Karis One. He invites us to a concert and uh, it was me and Blue. And uh, we go to see Karis One perform and, and, Sure enough, he's like, "Hey, my DJ, the, the, we can't find the DJ. Can you DJ for Karis One?" <laughs> That's some serious manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, this is crazy!" And I go and I get, I go on stage to DJ for Karis One. Last minute, the DJ comes back, but that's pretty damn close. And then Karis One in a freestyle shouted out my name, so. I, I, that's cl- that's close enough. You yeah, know? of course. A- any closer, my head might have exploded or something. I, don't know. I was like, ah! That's I just nice. died on stage. <laughs> I mean, that'd be an amazing and memorable show, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's uh, beginning and the end. <laughs> so yeah, you know, like I think fantasy and uh, creativity is very important. Yeah, for sure. I'll come from okay well uh my first dj name was uh i made up for myself well no my first name I, it was ffatm okay. uh funky fresh alexander thomas manfredi that was just that's that i didn't think that was very catchy so i changed <laughs> it again <laughs> to uh dj 3t it, it was for t three t's turntable terrorizer time bomb <laughs> But then I was like, no, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, I was actually in this group called Creme de la Family when I was uh, 15 years old. Okay. 
and they gave me the name Snowspin. And this was before snow, you know, in form. Yeah. This is before that. So I was Snowspin for a little bit. But then snow came out and ruined my name. And uh, so I then, I was a graffiti writer and I was writing Damage at the time. Okay. But I had changed my graffiti, my, yeah, there's a lot of names. I changed my <laughs> DJ name to DJ Baby Huey. Okay. But I think I pretty much took that from a Jungle Brothers song where he's like, Baby Huey. And then, because I used to oh, scratch yeah. Baby Huey. <laughs> And, but I didn't, I wanted my name to be the same as my graffiti name, but I didn't want to be DJ Damage. So I, I was talking to my buddy about that. His name's Braille. He's a graffiti writer from LTS crew. And uh, he's like, why don't you be Exile? It's, it's a dope DJ name and it's dope graffiti letters. So I was like, that's it, man. That's what I'm going to do. So, and I've been, I've been Exile ever since. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's a solid name. I think out, out of the options, it's, it's definitely the most solid, really, isn't it? Yeah, I, you could have been interviewing DJ Baby Huey right now. Damn it. <laughs> I've missed out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, who, who would you say or, or what inspires your production, be that musically or otherwise? I mean, I was a huge King T fan with uh, DJ Pooh. Yeah. I was a huge Boogie Down Productions fan, Two Life Crew fan, Mr. Mix. I mean, all those things really inspired me to start this all. I was a big fan of East Swift. Okay. But also not knowing, Mad Lib had done a bunch of production on that album. You know, I was always a, a fan of Mad Lib. Yeah. Dilla. I mean, just everything that makes me nerd out on hip hop, love hip hop. Like, all those things inspire me. Like, all the things about it like how it can sound really clean or like how it could sound really dirty and feel like dungeons and dragons to me in my brain in a weird way i don't know how but yeah. <laughs> that's how i think of it i don't know it's like i don't know nice <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know if that answers your question but yeah you know just uh yeah man that's cool <laughs> trying trying to uh yeah, just trying to, I don't even know if it's master it, but just trying to make something that I like and hope that somebody else likes it. It just seems like a really cool idea that I, I am able to do that. And that's what I wanted to do, you know? I wanted to do that for somebody else and and for myself, just be able to listen to it and be like, damn, this is dope. This is, this is like DJ Pooh or like Mr. Mix. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Yeah. But but it's me and people like it. <laughs> and now I can go show you what I learned in another country and uh, get some free weed at a concert or whatever. Nice. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, that's good, man. Get involved in the conversation. Use the hashtag. DTC Podcast. Summer's wind, something other than the stuff that you was puffing in. I mean, who wasn't then? But come to think about it, mama wasn't touching that spliff jug of her six, so you probably thought you struck it rich. Rich like the color of my mother's skin. The golden touch to shine enough to make the sun squint. Papa, wonder if you was on the hunt then. Or was you thinking more like love, wife, a couple kids, one life to up and live? One night it wasn't bad, I wanted till I checked being a husband off the bucket list. Mama, now was you struck by the luster of that smooth talking brother? Was something you weren't accustomed, was it? A mix of that and what I gotta grow to know. Like when I broke a bone and you replied, I told you so. And y'all both from broken homes and breaking up is something y'all just don't condone. So Choosy spoken about having lived with you at points whilst he was creating black beans and otherwise have said about your commitment on like the lengths you go to to create music. I mean what what's your typical process for creating a song if there is one and like or a song or a project? Do you tend to find that there's a certain workflow that you'll follow? I mean there's all different ways to get there and I have different ways of getting there and sometimes it's more of a process than other times um, but if I'm involved or when I am involved in it it's 
a matter of uh, listening to beats with the artists and they're either like made specifically for them or I later thought that they would sound good on it. <laughs> a lot of the times I'll, I'll just explain because I'm an MC as well. Yeah. So I'll be rapping to beats and uh, freestyling and a lot of the times they'll be themed of what I hear from it. So I'll try to explain what I hear. Like it could be like, I, I hear something like this, but not like overly preachy, writing the fine line between saying this message, but still like ripping it like on some braggadocio shit or something. And then they'll be like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And then they'll write and it, it, when the chemistry's right, it'll it'll just hit they'll understand it and do that and uh or we'll just have the conversation and we'll exchange ideas and then go and execute or it's just like the or they just come up with their own thing and then see what happens or they have a sample and they bring it to me and want me to make it a certain way and i'll make it in front of them or I'll, you know, like for instance, Choosy will just hear me making a beat and then he'll just come in like, yo, I got, I got, I wrote this to it, you know, so different ways it can go. So what equipment are you using to produce now then? I use the NPC 2000 XL. Cool. Nice. Simple. <laughs> it's just a beast of a production machine really, isn't it? But sometimes I'll use Logic you know but i'll use it like as pro tools but also sometimes create loops within that and also use some of the uh the reverbs and stuff that are offered in with that as well you know okay so i mean you, you touched on an aspect of you being an MC and that you come with some of the concepts of certain tracks and so on but i mean particularly with projects like with blue each of the albums has had a really coherent theme that seems to run throughout. I mean, where where do those ideas come from? Be that your projects with Blue or sort of wider artists. I mean, do you do you tend to find that projects will evolve over time, or do you step into an album before it gets to that point and think, right, I want to make an album about this topic? I feel like the MC has more to do with steering the actual theme but then at the same time i guess my themes uh, i don't know if that is true but um i just had have always liked uh music that can be you know i love the raw hip-hop stuff and all that and just stuff that moves off of just sound and funkiness and whatnot but yeah i've always liked the art of an mc writing the fine line between saying something that matters but still having it not feel preachy and or something that comes from the heart or something that, you know, it might even show their feminine side, but I, I may not use those words when I'm talking to Blue about it, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I always thought those things are cool, like, just, you know, cutting into the, that, that, that human part of uh, the creativity through the words or the poetic part, but they all kind of mix together and, you know may not be completely literal or sometimes they are but um, making sure the album has both so it's not too like one thing and, but still I've always wanted it to convey a message ultimately of something unselfish you know something I mean I use the term God uh, loosely you know um, but it's I think it's the same thing that uh someone who wouldn't use the term so loosely it still represents the same thing in a way just ultimately like being able having it be something that's of actual use to humans in in a, in a in a loving way and not just like some dumb shit you know? yeah so making something with substance yeah Shaking me, just shaking me. My grandma used to stay with me. My grandpa used to pray for me. Lord, I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep that if I die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Uh, I always thought that that was both to say. Till one day my cousin Marty taught me how to hold a K. Smoking J's, stolen J's, growing hoods, growing trays. No one knew little Trey would make it out the J's. Made it out the city, never made it out. 
out to Egypt, but I'll probably take you with me if you ride to Vegas with me. Crush the lux, lush, do it deluxe, luxury sweet. Roast the duck on the bed by my feet, fuck off the street. King talk, roll the leaf, hashish, and blow the tree. Super 60 billion miles off of feet and touch the beat like a G. Got a dream for every word on the page. You've produced for such a wide range of artists from like Pharaoh to Snoop to Open Mike Eagle to For Sean and so many others. I mean, over time, do you feel that the way you've produced has changed or do you feel that it's stayed the same at its core? It's definitely changed, but definitely the same at its core. Um, just figuring out ways to get out a sound that I like, yeah. that I enjoy, and uh, knowing when something should be an instrumental or be for an MC. I don't know if it's different or the same at its core. It's probably a mix of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Kind of again, depending on the artist. Desperate wait for those in a desperate situation. Homeless and hungry. How many gorillas who actually killers really rhyming? Artists that actually sign still killing. And when it comes to killing the mic, they not willing and I'm supposed to be shook. That's the shit that killed me. How did Dirty Science come about in on the label side of things? You know, it has always been a dream of mine to have a record label, like even before I put out anything as a super young teenager. It's weird. Me and my, again, this goes back to fantasizing. And me, me and my uh, young friend at the time, his name was Munchie, <laughs> is his nickname. Uh, you know, he, he would see me scratch on the speakers and whatnot, and he thought that was pretty cool and whatever. And so he'd, he'd be like, you know, just let me carry your records into the gig or whatever. I don't know. But then we also had this, I, I don't know how it came about, but I had this fantasy about a record label. And it's funny, it was called Doggy Style Records. This was before Snoop. <laughs> you know, I was a little kid and I was talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, Doggy Style Records. And we would like draw Doggy Style Records, like, you know, like letters. And and it's funny because Dirty Science is, and Doggy Style, they're both DS. And that ended up being the crew, like DS crew, Dirty Science crew. But one of the first mixtapes I did was called Dream Sequence, and that was DS. So DS was just this weird thing that just kind of came about, just says like uh, graffiti crews have different acronyms and meanings for uh, their crews, like whether it's, you know, CBS is Can't Be Stopped or City Bomb Squad. And I always liked having the meanings changed. But uh, anyway, I had always been putting out my own music with tapes and whatnot and uh dream sequence was always added to it and then uh i had did the album called dirty science on sound and color yeah then once i met blue and we me and aloe met blue you know dream sequence was always me and like aloe's crew and uh then we just we wanted to bring blue into the crew and we had blame one as well and uh we just changed it to Dirty Science and then just started adding people more of like a family of like creatives. And then uh, kind of uh, during uh, me and Blue's second album, Give Me My Flowers Where I Can Still Smell Them, Blue had leaked the album when we were, I was trying to figure out a way how to get a check off of it, you know, <laughs> at least, please. And so he did that and uh, I had rushed to try to figure it out and I linked up with Fat Beats and started Dirty Science Records right then and there to get it out. That's, that's mad that it's, it kind of got pushed in that way, but it's uh, ended up with an amazing result. That's, that's crazy. In terms of your your products as well, I mean, so from like the the craft beers that you guys ended up linking up with for miles to like the the Rizzlers that you did with Gimme Flowers and the Blue Vinyls for collaborative releases with Blue, then like the Zine for Black Beans and so many others, it like it, it really seems like you approach music in more of a holistic and experiential way. I was just wondering when you first started 
thinking of those ideas and additional aspects and offering something for the fans and and I guess as well where those ideas come from in terms of creating something additional where it's the music and then something else as well I guess it all actually kind of started with uh, the content that me and Aloe Black uh, started creating with each other and it just kind of continued from there Okay. and it's interesting because I didn't really see it but Blue even kind of credits some of uh, that to Eminon as well. Aloe was always a pretty lyrically conscious MC even when I first started working with him when he was 16 and uh, I love that and uh, it's just kind of became a part of what further attracted me to this form of creativity. Nice. So is there is there a particular thing that you guys have created over time that you that you've liked the most in terms of sort of additional things on top of the music? We got to have a a three D model car from a piece of cardboard uh, in addition to the Choosy and Exile vinyl. That was pretty cool. It, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that that that's that was fun to be able to make those. Uh, we have some hats I'm working on. They should be done by the time uh, this airs. And yeah, those are fun to create too and just kind of uh, at least have a little hand in some sort of a design aspect or apparel. <laughs> nice. So are there any current producers whose sound you particularly feeling right now? Uh, yeah, Derringer. Is, I'm loving his stuff. You know, just like myself, and this isn't to take away from him at all, but yeah, it's definitely like a, a hybrid of, uh, a, a, you know, other producers that, you know, we envy and uh, admire. And uh, he does it in a way that's very much his own, as I hope I do as well. But yeah, he's, he's amazing. Of course, Alchemist and uh, Mad Lib are amazing as well. But yeah, he's definitely like a newer cat. And Swarvy yeah. is great also and uh Kwame, yeah to name a few course knowledge yeah for sure so which which artist would you most like to collaborate with who you've been yet to ah uh, kendrick lamar anderson pack vince staples have you got songs in your head that you can hear with them yeah uh-huh i do that sounds good so what's your record collection like? Are you are you more wax based or are you finding that you're moving more towards digital? Yeah, um, I have a, a lot of wax. I had just recently, well, I had opened a record store with my buddy and I had gotten rid of a lot of my soul and funk records. So I'm looking to re-up on my soul and funk, but just kind of try to discover new soul and funk. Not new as in... Uh, the year it was created but new as in have I owned it before yeah I get you and been able to spend time with it I still have vinyl but man it just was reaching a point where I was like some of these I'm just collecting to to be trophies so I think it's a good thing that I got rid of them so I can bring new ones into and uh, spend some time with those yeah for sure so I mean as you got rid of some of those bits and bobs have you got like a favourite album in your collection to date I, I can't seem to shake since a, a little kid just nerding out on uh, underground uh, West Coast records. Okay. Like, just weird stuff like the Compton compilation with CMW and different people or like Uncle Jam's Army records or uh, Battle Cat, DJ Battle Cat, you know, the yeah. G-Funk God. Like, well, old record I used to listen to before he really mastered his sound, but he was a great DJ or it's just a... a just him scratching over 808, um, DJ in effect, like that record I cherish, <laughs> you know, stuff. It's just weird stuff like that. I don't know. Bringing it to the present as well, in terms of miles, like how did that album come about? Like, was it? I mean, this is now your what, third LP um, with Blue and that, that form. I mean, how how did that project come about and what was the, the original intention of it? It was just, uh, we just started working again and um, 
I, we never mentioned this before in interviews, but yeah, Blue was in jail and he came out and we started working on an album and I had made a whole bunch of, I make all kinds of music. I've always made like electronic stuff. Not, you know, it's just so happens that some of my more popular stuff has been, you know, I don't know, soul based stuff, but um, I had a whole bunch of electronic trap beats and I just like to show Blue my beats just because that was a big part of like our friendship was just geeking out on the stuff that each other can do yeah and so i had just sent him all these beats and didn't think that he would rap to him and next thing i know i have a whole album of blue rapping to trap beats and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) and um it took a while to convince blue uh that you know it just wasn't answering the call to blue in exile we, we just had these discussions about it of like, well, well, what are we gonna make? And then actually I had to like, really like tell Blue exactly why we had to make a different album, different type of album. And really like it, make him, and really convince him. Like I literally pray about it. It's, it's strange. And, uh, event, and I pray about the type of album we wanted to make that I, that I would hope we could make. And I feel like Miles is it. It's it. Um, and that's just something that we didn't get to do with the songs that he did over my trap beats. We didn't get to have the discussion of what we wanted the album to be. And so as we should be able to have that conversation with any album we create, we had that discussion and that and and the discussion was about the album Miles. Nice. And so we created a a lot of songs and we still have songs from all these sessions that haven't came out and um, it definitely will not all be released but I'm sure maybe a a few of those will be released but yeah and uh, I even wanted uh, the Miles album to be shorter but Blue really wanted a double album and so we went for it (laughs) I'm glad you did it's an amazing project uh, thank you thank you it's a brilliant album Something you call spectacular out of this freaking world The most common denominator between boy and girl The highest set of standards that's ever been established Redistributed to the masses for your satisfaction We only come in peace to preach about the next coming The first black president, what if the next is woman? This is for those becoming who you intend to be Pull off your suits of struggle and wash your sins and see This is finna be even deeper than a sunken ship 2,000 plus leagues underground above the rich And you can see them like they hands stretching out to God And we can save them like any patient about to die This is that big hurt that put a hurting on the truth They never thought a wish could lead the world into pursuit Life, liberty, happiness to be detached from evil This is a message to and from the people Do you feel like you've got an album that you've made That you're the most proud of to date? I feel like Below the Heavens, Exile Radio, Give Me My Flowers Where I Can Still Smell Them, Miles, Black Beans. Nah, I feel like they they all have their time and place in my heart as being my favorite pieces. Oh, nice. That's that's great that you can still stand by all of them in that way. Like, it shows, yeah. shows how much you put into them, really, doesn't it? That they can stand that test of time. For sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we talk about that, like, listening to our albums later and how they feel to us. Like, Tuesday will call me up, like, yo, I just listened to the album again and it still, still was hitting the same way. Or Blue, like, you know, just listen to Below the Heavens. Yeah, still digging it. So, I don't know, it's weird. So how did you and Blue originally link up? So me and Aloe are working on our uh, album, The Waiting Room. And uh, we, I keep hearing about this kid Blue because uh, Aloe was working with this or meeting up with this group called The Science Project. And they were on the verge of signing a deal with Sony Red. And they, they had an artist named Blue on the roster and an art, artist named Miguel. And they wanted me and Aloe to be on the same roster. So we would just all meet up 
Well, actually, I hadn't met Blue yet, and Aloe had uh, brought me to one of his shows, and I came and watched him perform, and it was, it was, I was impressed. And uh, he had already been a fan of some of the Eminem music, and uh, I was working on my album. Actually, I said the Eminem, but I was also working on my Dirty Science album, The Sound and Color. Okay. And I had invited him to work on a track with me, and we worked on a song, and then uh, after that. We started talking about what we wanted our album to be. Oh, nice. So Fly was the first song that you guys worked on? Actually, no. It was a song called uh, Party of Two. Okay. And then I guess we worked on Narrow Path and then Fly or something like that. Right. Okay. And uh, we had, you know, we had released a single of Narrow Path with the song Party of Two. But then I had also did a song that was on the B-side of the Slum Village 12-inch I did with Blue. I think it was called Soul Provider. Yeah, I don't know. But um, And then we had Fly, and I guess we just had decided to put that on that project instead of Below the Heavens. And thinking back, I almost wish that was on Below the Heavens. That's one of my favorite songs we've done. I yeah, it's like. a great track. Yeah, for sure. Ready X. She said she was sick of the city life A sweet girl, but the world made it a shitty type When she was young, she just wanted to be pretty Like a model or an actress But she had to work for her two kids Father in jail, serving time for two bids Kids hungry, asking mama where the food is And she could see their heart beating through their two ribs Now she crying, watching cribs Cause the rent's due soon In the one bedroom And the kids kicking mama like I need some leg room Daddy gone The babies might as well be test tubes And the project's stuck Wishing they could just move to the country I see it time to time trying to make a little money That makes me realize shit, my life ain't that crummy So one day I asked her how she deals with it She said she doesn't, she lets God So she can fly, fly, reach high and go wanted to ask you if you what's your favorite memory to date in your musical career has there been one one moment in particular there's a there's a few different ones um it was amazing uh to have produced the album for fashion and then it getting the attention of nas and then having nas join the stage of the dirty science crew you know doggy style records (laughs) (laughs) or all that stuff like wow like okay from just being in a shitty apartment room with my friend daydreaming about doggy style records without like even having a way to record anything to have that manifest to being on the same stage with Nas with members of the crew that was formed and having him introduce one of the artists that I produced for having him be on the stage with Aloe Black who was one of the first artists that I really start started working for. I mean, producing for and uh, having being able to DJ, having him say my name on stage. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. And then we we rocked this crazy show. And then um, we had a song with Evidence and Evidence decided to bring uh, Everlast from House of Pain on stage. And he performs jump around while I'm DJing. And then Evidence looks at me like how amazed I am. And he like passes me the mic to do backups for him. Like, come on, do backups for him. And I'm doing backups for Everlast, who I used to listen to as a teenager on the Ryan Syndicate like uh, compilation. Or even I got the Knack 12 inch. And it's just like, wow, like, you know, you're imaginations and fantasies can really take you a long way and uh, it just felt really amazing then Choosy's on stage with us and he like uh, he stage dives into the audience and with fashion and it's just like hell yeah like this is what it's about so like, you know it's a I mean at least it's not that, that's part of it you know and it felt like a good celebration for it leading all up to that moment yeah definitely kind of culmination of all those different aspects coming together yeah. That's brilliant. Well, Exile, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on Digging the Crates. And, you know, best of luck with your music. And, and please keep making those bangers, man. It's, uh, it's amazing the music that you've added to the scene and everything you've done. So 
Yeah, thank thank you for the music, man, and keep them coming. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, man. Take care. All right, you too. Take it easy. Crying childs of the ghetto, letting go of beautiful sound. It's kind of falsetto, hello, hell. Welcome to LA, where devils that dwell play. They meddle with metal and letting every shell spray. Until they dance, I make songs for the long road travelers and lost souls after us. Spitting lyrics vicious like I'm mad as fuck. Packing up my bags, hopping back on a narrow path that's planned for us. Right. So my boats that flow, it ain't easy. Driving down the shallow brick road until it frees me. I need a bit, I need a bat, I need a place to go. Lifting off of my soul Trying to sell my folks that flow It ain't easy Driving down the shallow brick road Until it frees me I need a bit, I need a bat I need a place to go in this world that I'm living in, I've given in the sex, stress, and dividends. Los Angeles, metropolis, city of vex, citizen folks that smoke infinite dope and hope living in. Poverty is probably the less stressed position to go. It's where we don't have positions to hold. So we pitch snow and live in the cold. And hell and hell and feeling heaven is close. But like roadkill, I'm still on this road. Bold as any soldier playing this role, I stroll the streets in the cold. cold. To find out more about each episode, including the tracks played, go to thefinemag.com. Oh.